Hey, Sean. Hey, David. Uh, tell me, Sean, when you were on your last adventure where you had to go on a plane, what was the boarding process like? Was it uh, fast, orderly? Everyone had all of their stuff together and just got on the plane all lickety split? Yeah, I was pretty chirpy. I was going on a work trip with a bunch of people <laughs> and it was like 630. And that's the earliest we would all have ever seen each other. So it was a very different vibe than what you're putting down right now. <laughs> So uh, on my most recent adventure where I had to take a plane, um, I noticed that even though that they say, like they give instructions over saying, oh, we're going to board people in order, you know, people who have children or who need help getting on first, come on in, zone one, zone two, blah, blah, blah. There's always that one person that rushes to the front of the line because they think the plane's going to get like take off a lot sooner, I guess, (laughs) if they're on there. They rush to the front of the line, but everyone, and then they don't even have their boarding pass or their ID ready. And then they hold up the line as they fish through their bag, finding their like passport or their driver's license without fail every single time. Yeah. And it's not like they don't call your name six times before the, pl- the plane takes off either. In, in fact, like the, th- you know, the plane Everyone's going to get in their seats. It's a signed seating. It's like the theater, <laughs> except the they don't re- recline as as much. But it's just like so ridiculous. And then it's always these same people that, you know, when the plane gets off or like lands and everyone's waiting to get off the plane. Well, there's always that one person that's at the very back of the plane that gets up and stands in the aisle. Oh, yeah. It's like the kid on the bus. That kid just like, had to get off the bus first. You're not going to get off the bus or <laughs> off the plane any sooner than the people in front of you because they all the people in the front are going to get off sooner. It's just it's just ridiculous. You know, Do what, you know what's though? not ridiculous? <laughs> what's that? This episode of the Seen on Screen <laughs> podcast. Nothing like jamming to our intro and sipping from my Grogu cup. The day is the day is young still. It's not midnight yet, so that's a start. Is has the Grogu phenomenon like declined? Like you're not seeing a whole lot of new Mandalorian stuff or Grogu stuff. It's just Grogu squishmallows and all that other stuff. But like in all honesty, I think the Mandalorian kind of killed himself. So the franchise, like I'm not excited for the next season, especially if it's like a Bo-Katan Kreese season. That's just not my vibe. But I will tell you in our catch-up segment today, David, I've watched a bunch of Clone Wars. Could I tell you what happened in every episode? Nope, not even a little. I fell asleep. But I'll tell you, I've been watching, and uh, it's kind of fun. I uh, I got to, I got in, I got introduced to the Bad Batch, so now I have a little bit more idea of what's going on. And then ninety nine got killed. Oh my god, that was sad. <laughs> tried so hard. You sound like a five year old trying to explain it. Oh man, it was so sad when that happened. Oh, you know what? I, I'm I'm about midway through season three. Anakin's starting to make some poor choices with his life. Um, Padme is still Padme. If she only knew what was coming. You know what? Like one of my favorite things about the Clone Wars series is all of the war crimes that they commit. So many war crimes. So many absolute crazy war crimes. Not only that, like. General Grievous is just some absolute genius. He's like, I'm going to make another diversion. And then he like attacks an underwater base because he's like, this is the only thing we can do. But only Obi-Wan is smart enough to figure this out. And then like, how fast do their ships move? He's like communicating with Anakin being like, I need you down here on the surface immediately. And then it's just the wipe. And then all of a sudden Anakin's there. You're like, wow, how fast was that? That was like one Mm -hmm. second in real time. 
Well, like in real time, sure. But the transition, the, the How, wipe transition is a transition of time, though. So Or commercial on YTV <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> that's true. It's not like a, an instant cut, you know, like in the middle of a, a conversation or something like that, where if or if they go from one scene to the next. But the transition, the 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 wipe that has become such a staple of Star Wars. Yeah is always a transition of time as well. So it might be five minutes. It might be a half hour. Who knows? It could be a few hours. But I mean, if you play any uh, game that requires uh, landing on a planet or going from orbit onto the near the planet's surface or atmosphere, you know that the transition time is really only about 30 seconds or less as it takes for the planet to load. It's true. I mean, I've been looking at like some of the voice actor like credits on the show as well. I find some of them interesting, like Anakin Skywalker. I've seen in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what's kind of disappointing to me is the fact that the narrator isn't John Cleese, no matter how badly I want him to be John Cleese. No, the narrator actually is uh, a Republic officer. Is Mr. Tom Kane. No, but so here's the thing. Like, so, you know, at the beginning, it's like uh, there's that narrator that kind of explains what's going on. Yes. So in later episodes, uh, you'll see that there is actually a Republic officer uh, on one of the, the ships who is. Who that I guy. also thought was John Cleese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely not John Cleese. Oh, uh, geez. So yeah, but you're you're enjoying it, and you know what the thing is. Like I told you, it only gets better, and I've, I think episode or season three, leading to season four, is like it kind becomes of like more this, adult. Yeah, it definitely the, has a transition. And the stories, uh, like the story arc, or I guess the episodes become less contained and span over, you know, two or three episodes. Um, and it's pretty cool. Especially like later on when there's some callbacks and stuff like that. Yeah, like I, I do understand the the passiveness of watching the show now because like I don't think unless I was like a ch- like younger, I would be able to focus on this that much. The last cartoon of any sort that I gave that much attention to when I was a kid, Spider-Man. I can tell you exactly when Iron Man was coming, all that shit. Daredevil, mm. he was pretty badass. Spider-Man 95 is kind of where it's at. Or X-Men 97. Clone Wars to me, I was just too old for the starting, and now I just want to like backfill all that Star Wars lore and canon that I never had because I didn't have access to Clone Wars until I got Disney Plus and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and you know what? It was always one of those shows that, while it was, I think, when it first came out, um, it was marketed and advertised more so as like a children's show, right? So we never really got into it, but as adults we can do it whatever the hell we want yeah we and have adult money and adult time watching children's show that's right did you see um the disney 100 movie it just dropped on uh, disney plus this week i can't remember what the actual name is i saw it, it advertised but i once I upon a studio watched. and like they bring back a lot of old characters um there there's a trailer on youtube you could peruse real quick but um one thing that i saw from some reviewers was they they brought back robin williams without using ai they used footage uh or previously recorded footage that was never put into aladdin and used some uh, some of those lines as new audio from robin for the first time um it's it's fascinating um we haven't actually had the time to sit down and watch it yet but it's definitely going to be like one of those super nostalgic watches that you you get genuinely excited to watch, right? Um, yeah. How uh, long is it? Oh, it's, it's like, like a, twelve. I think it's a, twelve minutes long. I thought it was supposed to be like an hour. No, it's it's twelve minutes. Oh shit! So the trailer is, is two of those minutes is one minute long. So it is one twelfth. <laughs> Of, of the movie but uh no that's cool i'll definitely check that out i i saw it listed up there as i was flipping around for uh episode two of loki um which we're not going to talk about but uh no, definitely off the, the the bat 
But yeah. I want to talk about another movie trailer I saw. There's actually two I saw that have been pretty good and like, whatever. Um, Leo, which is an Adam Sandler movie about him being a lizard that can talk. Not bad. All right. The, the one I really want to talk about is Migration. Have you seen the trailer for Migration? Uh, I saw it at no. the movie theater the other day because we went to a movie film. And I will tell you, this movie looks stupidly funny. It's oh, it's about the ducks. ducks. <laughs> yes, I've I I saw some pictures of this like a while ago, uh, like just like some production stills or whatever. Yeah, it looks it looks like it could be fun. And it has a Taylor Swift song in the the trailer, which is huge for a movie right now because she's the biggest thing on the planet. But I, I got into this debate the other day, and I, I would love to know your thoughts. Before we move into our topics today, has Illumination passed Disney or Disney Pixar in their ability to get you interested in a movie? Because I couldn't tell you the last Pixar movie I went to the theater for or watched. I didn't see Lightyear. I didn't see Red, uh, Turning Red. Turning Red. Didn't see uh, Elemental. And I don't think I'm going to see Wish. And Wish actually does look kind of cool, minus the idea of it. It's stealing the star from Super Mario. Yeah, I think. I think with Illumination, they try things a little. Four minion movies. Well, <laughs> like obviously they, they tried though. <laughs> no, obviously, you know they beat. They'll beat a dead horse for sure. But I feel like Illumination. Um, even DreamWorks for a while, they were coming out with unique movies that no one would have thought of. And now right? Whereas Pixar seems to be like very like typical, like the same, the same kind of story structure. If you look at, if you compare the Pixar movies, it's always like a single character comes, has some sort of life problem they overcome those challenges and then connect with family or friends. <laughs> that's, that's the, the typical Pixar, uh, what's it called? Um, their, their formula formula. You, you're not wrong. Like the last two movies that I think I saw from Disney Pixar or Disney in general were in the animated sense. It was onward soul and Encanto. And I'm fairly certain two of those were pandemic watches. Yeah. Uh, like I've seen turning like we watched. We've watched all of them. We watched turning red in the most recent one uh, elemental. And I can honestly tell you the stories were very similar. Uh, a, oh, but that one was a forbidden love. That was fire and water. Yeah. It, it's like the, the technology or like the 3D animation for that is cool. And I think that's where Pixar is really strong is striving. Uh, if you look at the entire history of their movies, they just get, keep getting better and better and better with their animation and the, and the design and style. But if you were compare uh, turning red and elemental turning red is a uh, story. Um, and it's like a, like a Chinese family, I think it is, uh, or based off of like a Chinese family where like the, they turn into like pandas, yeah, like red pandas. And so she's trying to define her. She's defying her mother to try and find her own place in the world and all that stuff and overcome stuff. And then at the end, she connects with her mother and family and, and herself. And then uh, with Elemental, same thing. She doesn't want to, you know, follow the family uh, um, legacy and defies her parents. And, and then eventually, like, turns around and it's like, no, I have to follow my parents rule. And then. You know, it, it's just the same story, different storybook. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know uh, how Disney makes all of their fairy tales are actually based off of like actual fa other fairy tales. Well, they're same all based, yeah, folklore, right? Yeah. So I don't know, like doesn't mean that they're bad movies, but I, you know, when you go and watch a, a 3D animated movie, you kind of want something that's in a different like, obviously, every story is going to have a similar story arc guaranteed that migration or whatever it's going to have a similar story arc in the sense of someone's going to have to overcome something that's what movies are every single movie it's like there's a character 
that has to overcome some sort of problem. But this looks like it's like a group of ragtag mallards. <laughs> it honestly looks so funny. It uh, looks fun. Here's a question for you. So do you remember the last Disney or Pixar animated film you saw in theaters? Oh, geez. I just pulled up a curated list and I mine was probably opening weekend, November 21st, 2018. I saw Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. I don't even know if I saw that. Um, Movies that have come out since, which I've either seen, not seen or seen in theaters. Um, Mary Poppins Returns, saw it. Toy Story 4 didn't watch The Lion King remastered. Nope. Frozen 2. I didn't see it. Um, Onward and Soul were both pandemic watches, as I said. Spies in Disguise. Didn't even know that was Disney. Raya the Last Dragon. No idea. Luca didn't watch it. Encanto. That's actually a banger movie. Um, Turning Red. Never saw it. Bob's Burgers movie. Didn't see it. Lightyear. Didn't see it. Strange World. Don't even know what that is. I think it's a dinosaur movie or something. No, that's the globs of stuff. And Elemental. That's five years of movies or four years. Yeah, five years of movies that I just haven't. You know what? Uh, I the last movie that I saw in theaters, like Pixar movie that I saw in theaters was Toy Story 4. Yeah. And then the and one before was, it? That was before Pandemic. I saw Incredibles 2 in theaters. See, uh, my span is another four years because I saw Inside Out in theaters. But see, after Incredibles 2, I never saw, I didn't see Coco in theaters, never saw Cars 3, uh, didn't see Finding Dory in theaters. Never. I didn't even know that The Good Dinosaur was a Pixar movie. Never seen Inside Out. Um, and then I think maybe it was Monsters University. That I saw Mom. in theaters, if that. And you know what? I nope, never saw that. It was Cars two, 2 that I saw in theaters. I saw Cars two in theaters as well. It's funny because Monsters University came up organically in conversation today at work, um, and I I asked somebody if they liked it because like they just bought another Pixar like plushie or Squishmallow or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, my honest remembering or like my recollection of monsters university is not from the movie at all. When I used to work for a different website, I reviewed Disney infinity 2.0, which came with Mr. Incredible Sully and captain Jack Sparrow, I believe. Mm -hmm. And Sully followed the monsters university timeline which for those who didn't get to play Disney infinity, the proprietary game that actually was fairly well done. The open world concept in each one of those sandboxes was incredible. No pun intended. Just goes to show you how much like things change, right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, Um, yeah. So I don't know what, hold on. What was the other one? So there was, uh, the other movie. So there was Mallard and then, Oh, Leo. You'll you'll actually have to watch that trailer with volume on to understand what I'm talking about. But it's about a class pet lizard and that's been in the school for like 75 years. And he lives with a turtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the kids, he accidentally, the um, the lizard accidentally talks in front of one of the kids. And then all the kids want to take the pet lizard home. Like, you remember when you got the pet hamster for a week and your parents were like, man, I hope it's not me that kills it. Yeah. That that's the whole concept of the movie and it's an Adam Sandler movie, which makes it like so much better because it's like going to be a Netflix movie, which means it's going to go straight to your TV, which is terrible for movie theaters, but awesome for people who like Adam Sandler and his comedy. I'm excited. That'd be cool. You know what? It might be another uh, sausage party for you. No, no, because I'm excited to see this one. I was excited <laughs> oh, to see Sausage Party. <laughs> you were not excited to see Sausage Like, you were, but, but you hated it when it first came out. So maybe this and will be And then I opposite. saw it a second time, and it's like, wow, this is actually pretty fucking fire. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, speaking of things that I didn't know how I felt about seeing, I went to a movie this weekend for the first time in a long time. I went to the movies this weekend for the first time in a long time, too. What did you see? We saw... The, jeez, oh, what's it called? The Creator. Oh, good, bad, it's, terrible. You know what? It was actually pretty good. It was uh, it's a movie by, because I'm just going to talk a little bit, because I know you want to talk a little bit more about something. It's by Gareth Edwards. He directed uh, 
Rogue One. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning? Really? Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah, no, no. But he, he that did movie Rogue was One. great. He did Rogue One. Uh, so the creator was actually, you know what? Pretty darn good movie. If you like those, did you watch uh, what was the one with the aliens and the guy comes down? and Oh, District 9. Mm-hmm. And did you watch the other one, Chappie? Chappie, number one gangster. Yeah. So those movies where it's like realistic, but then has like that, like 3D, like extra stuff added into it. Like where there was it looks nothing like, realistic about Chappie. <laughs> no, but like it's one of those things like where the 3D animation is so well done. Like the CG is so well done that it blends perfectly into the, the film. Right. Fair play. Fair play. So. This movie, I, I think you should watch it. If you don't go to the theaters, that's fine. But I think you should watch this movie because it's a different type of sci-fi movie. It's not like super fast or anything like that. But the CG in this movie is phenomenal. It blends perfectly into the actual uh, like film where it doesn't look like it is CG in general. Yeah. The budget for this movie was $80 million. And I swear to God, it does not look like the budget was $80 million. It looks like the budget was like Avatar three, three times that. Oh, okay. It's crazy. The movie was actually like, I, I definitely am going to watch it again when it's uh, released on home video or whatnot. <laughs> Coming soon to VHS. Um, when it's not. released <laughs> at home, <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch it again. But I think uh, it's cool. It's, it's about... Uh, Essentially, humans have created AI, right? Uh, then they created robots and stuff like that. And then something happens. And then the robots apparently, like, you know, attack Earth. And then AI and everything's banned except for in New Asia. And so then they're trying to prevent, uh, like, they're trying to shut them all down. But it is actually, it is so good. Really enjoyable movie. But you saw something that's a little bit more enjoyable, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, and it was a very unique experience. So I took in the Eras Tour Taylor Swift concert experience movie at my local movie theater. And let me let me walk you through the vibe. Okay, so I've lined up for a lot of superhero movies in my day. I'm not going to lie. You sure have. Lined up for a lot of them. Um, some lines have been incredible. The vibe is immaculate. You're just having a good time talking about the movie, speculating. Um, shout out to um, the day we're recording is uh, a little bit earlier in the week, but it's Avengers Day. Endgame happened today, October 17th, 2023. But you're hearing this with your, your ears on the what 21st. So congratulations, everybody. You know we're recording this one early, and that's okay. That's <laughs> I needed to tell you. Anyways, when it comes to this experience, I we get there, we get our popcorn. Um, the people I'm with, they they both want to get their collector cup and their collector bucket for their popcorn. Everything's like everything's good. We're like 20 minutes early for the movie, like not too too much because it's assigned seating now. Like, what do you really? lining up for right Mm -hmm. the line is huge there's people taking pictures in front of the like the cutout people are wearing taylor swift costumes outfits like that are inspired by her things that are sparkly um white t-shirts that say like in this era people are handing out friendship bracelets in the line we get up uh no, I wore one because I was given one before I left the house. Oh, okay. From- and then, then right. I, I... That's I, called a leash. Because I, I, played, <laughs> I played Ultimate the whole day. So, like, I was already tired. And I, I, was, <laughs> I looked at my other half and I was just like, if somebody comes up to me while I'm eating to trade bracelets, I'm going to tell them to just fuck off. <laughs> She's like, don't do that. It's a nice place. I'm like, I want to eat. That's all I care about right now. Yeah. She's like, okay. She's like, she got it. She's like, you're hangry. It's fine. So we sit down. Um, the The theater like fills up people. Like there is so much energy in the room. Like the anticipation for this movie to start, which people have gone to the concert already. 
people have watched it on TikTok or Instagram or people have like streamed it on Twitch. So there are like cell phone versions of the concert. Mm -hmm. The theater people come in and they're like, all right, guys, here's some of the rules, blah, blah, blah. I want you to have fun. Who's ready? Who's excited? And like, it was the same as like going to Endgame, which is crazy that I'm talking about it right now because like, I remember like I was one of, I was actually the first theater to see Endgame when I saw Endgame in Kitchener. And like, they were like, who's here, blah, blah, who's excited? They like jack everybody up. It's like, who's here to watch this movie? Uh, Sorry, I got lost. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's just like, and here's some of the corporate rules. Just because you've seen it on the internet doesn't mean it's true. You can't dance down by the screen because there's videos everywhere of like people actually like dancing and following her on the screen and like dancing and dancing in circles and shit. So of course they're like, those are the corporate things. And like people are just talking, and I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I was like, boo, corporate. Yeah. Because like, why <laughs> yeah, not? Right. I'm embracing yeah. it. The movie starts, right? It's like 7:30. I go, wow, there's an awful lot of people standing, and it's just everybody's screaming at the top of their lungs, singing and having a good time. I flip up my phone, I turn on the hockey game. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you guys a story that's gonna make this so much funnier. <laughs> So I'm sitting there in the theater and man, if you so happen to listen to this show because I left some of our magnets all over the movie theater, I hope you do. I hope you contact me because I want to know what happened afterwards. What happened next was amazing. Hold on. Did you get kicked out? No, no, no. Even Uh. better. Buddy beside me clearly is being instructed on like, this is when like I went pre-trained. I knew what I was supposed to yell and where I was supposed to yell it to participate. Right. That's right, a good right. partner. Plus I like, like a good chunk of her music. So it wasn't that hard. And I knew going in, there was a joke. I was always going to yell being like, where are we going at like random parts? Because I knew that's a part of a song later on. Anyways, the guy beside me is like, Hey man, I, I might look at your phone every once in a while to check the score of the game. Is that okay? I was like, no problem at all, man. Just enjoy and have fun tonight. Right. Being like the cool guy, right? Just hanging out. Yeah. And the, the like, she's trying to get him to like stand up and dance and do all this thing. And like my other half is just like in, enjoying the fact that I'm like singing along and just hanging out and being present while also checking the score of the game. Yeah. Yeah. You Which got you, guy things to do while you're doing girl things. That's fair. I've, ne- I've never used my phone in a movie theater until today, that day. It's changed my life to the point I never want to do it again. Anyways, later on in the movie, I'm sitting there and like, I can feel a little tension beside me. It's like, oh, better not, better not pay attention to what's going on over here. But like, you can hear everything going on. People are talking, people are laughing, everything. Like, it's the loudest environment I've ever been in for a movie theater, aside from like the big pops at like Endgame or Star Wars when big Mm -hmm. shit happened. Mm -hmm. And I can just hear him getting in trouble for not participating. I was like, oh, this poor guy. Like, I just, I feel so bad for him. Like, you're on a date. Your girlfriend, this is going to make your girlfriend happy. Right? And she goes, he's like, he keeps checking his phone. And then he looks at her and goes, well, he's watching the hockey game. And she literally looks over at him and goes, he's married. He can do whatever he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's true. I felt so bad for this guy. And then I told like my other half of the friends that we went with to the movie and they were just like, I cannot believe that just happened. And it was like, it was just, it was so funny. It was so different. I would, you know know what the funny thing is, is like at that moment, that guy was like, uh, so upset. I am going to like, she can't be mad at me because this other guy is doing something like he's not paying attention. The fact that Jesus, <laughs> that is, I mean, that is gold. The, that poor Literally, guy, yeah, that poor guy. Uh, you know what? If he's listening to this, I hope that uh, you guys didn't please break up out. over that. Yeah. I hope you guys please, didn't break up out. over that. Yeah, oh, I left. Geez. I left some of our magnets in a bathroom. I left some just everywhere. Anything that had a metal sticker, I was like, boom, 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 boom. Um, but. At the end of the day, like it was just, it was such a crazy, unique experience. If you are a fan of her, go watch it. It's, it's definitely something different than just turning on like the Metallica concert on Crave or Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's something just so beyond different. And like I went to 
her tour in like 2017 or 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we watched it on Netflix, but like, that's different. This was just way like, different. I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift. So like, I, I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to listen to her music. Like if it's on and like, if, if it comes on rotation or if we're at a party and people play it, like, I'm not going to be like, Oh my God, Taylor Swift. I don't want to listen to this. So I would never go to the actual show, but I would love to just be able to be like, go to the theater and say, Hey, can I just like stick my head in here? I just want to look at the atmosphere because it's, uh, it's strange. crazy like, energy. Crazy when you go energy. to the movies. Yeah. Like when you go to the movies, you expect like people to be quiet for the most part and, and watch it. Right. And, Again, I don't necessarily understand the hardcore fandom of uh, Taylor Swift. Um, I know, uh, I know, it was slightly explained to me uh, just the other week. Like, I get it. Literally four I, days ago, she told you. About I know. It. Well, I get it, but I don't understand it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and unless you live that lifestyle, I guess. Um, it, it'll be hard to understand. Um, but I mean, like if it gives people happiness and if it gives them something to be excited for, then I'm all for that. But I would love to just be able to like, maybe I'll, what I'll do is I'll go to the movies while it's playing and just kind of like pop my head, <laughs> pop my head in the theater. I, I saw one TikTok that made me laugh. It was like people in, in saw watching the movie and just hearing Taylor Swift being yelled from the other room. But I will tell you, I, I stepped out to go to the washroom uh, and just before our show started and you couldn't hear anything coming out of the other theater that was playing it until you opened the door and it was just this vortex of sound because like, you know, when you walk by a movie, like mm-hmm. somebody's like stepped out and you can like, you can hear the movie a little bit. Yeah, right. Yeah. But like, it's just people screaming. I sent a, like I sent a Snapchat while I was in the theater being like, this is so wild. And one of my friends was just like, I'm so jealous. I went on opening night and it was so quiet. I was like, really? I've never, exper- I've never experienced something like this in my life. Well, like you're going to, you're going to have people that want to go to sit there and take it in. Right. Like I just want to sit here and enjoy this and, and just become completely engrossed in it. And then you're going to have people that are there to, you know, party with it. And, and yeah, that's 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 fun though the lesson i think i took away from this experience was uh a you're never too old to have fun b it's okay to have fun and c just because like you're having fun don't ever let somebody take that away from you like at all don't ever let someone tell you that you can't do something because someone else is married yeah <laughs> just just so funny i was like oh, oh, okay so i've been leveraged in an argument i hope you that's guys so don't funny. break up see you later bye that's so, so uh i guess we have some like news we gotta hit maybe you know just a little maybe a um little. let's let's start playstation because it's my favorite thing in the world well um, let, let's let's preface that this isn't like we we some people might think that we like to hate on PlayStation or we like to hate on Sony. And that's not true. We like to hate on the actions of Sony. You know, like if someone does something stupid or if they're dumb, then it's uh, Sean's giving me this look like I'm wrong. No, because I just read something and I'm going to send it to you and we'll talk about it live. OK, um. <laughs> but like we, we don't like to we're not necessarily hating on Sony as like for games and stuff like that, but like their actions turn them into to jerks so sony um recently has uh announced that they are releasing a updated slimmed down version of the playstation 5 console um they announced this uh, a few weeks ago um but when is this coming out i think it's coming out this late this year uh, isn't it for holiday this season? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, starting in November. So, what they have done, they've re kind of redesigned the general look of the console. It still has that like kind of curvy look to it, where it looks like a like a space heater. 
Um, but it is, uh, they say, re- reduced in volume by more than 30% and weight by 18 and 24% compared to the previous models. Uh, they the, the panels are in, instead of like two panels that cover like the top and bottom that you can replace, uh, it's now four. So it will allow more for stuff to sell more customization. Absolutely. Um, they are releasing a digital only version and a disc based version, but here's a cool thing. And you know what? I, I actually have to, uh, applaud Sony for this decision is that if you buy the digital version, you can purchase a add on Blu-ray disc system or whatever the disc drive and attach that to your console and turn it into a disc-based system. So why wouldn't you just buy the regular one? So, you know, say someone wants to dabble into the PlayStation 5. Um, they don't want to drop the money up front on, a, uh, uh, on the, the physical edition one, even though the price difference is literally $50. And it's going up in price for both. So worry not, friends. If you had a hard time finding a straight PlayStation 5 to begin with, these new models are going to crawl off the shelves because hardware sales are at an all-time low right now unless you're a Nintendo Switch or an Xbox. Yeah. The crazy part about it, too, is people have I've seen on like VG charts and I've seen on Reddit, people are like, oh, man, the console wars are awful. You can't find consoles everywhere. Have you walked through your local Costco lately? There's fucking 700 PS5s with Horizon Zero Dawn just chilling there. They're yeah, everywhere. Actually, I was at Costco just the other week and they had a skid full of the PS5s with Horizon Zero Dawn. They had another skid full of PS5s with another bundle. They have I a forget. second bundle? Yeah, there was another one there that maybe it had like... Oh, did it have no Starfield? <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> but uh, at the same time, though, there was a skid full of Xbox Series S's uh, with extra controller and a skid full of Xbox Series X. The the actually there's two. There's one that came with Diablo five, four, which yeah. understandably so it's not selling. Uh, and then another one that uh, came with I don't even know what it was, but I asked if I could buy one and I was told no. You already have both. Yeah, but I will get another one eventually because when I get my my gaming center set up in the, the basement, I'm going to need another Xbox. That's a owner. terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. Um, it's a great look, idea. At, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there when it comes to both of these consoles and their availability. I know like the GameStop in my local mall doesn't have any Series Xs right now. And that is kind of crazy to me anyways. Well, they have Series my- S is because you can't sell a piece of crap. Like yeah, it, the it's, Series it's S, a- I'm surprised that it was, they even came out with it. Look, if you're going to buy a Series S, spend another $100 and buy a Steam Deck. Same shit. Mm, okay. Can they run Game Pass? <laughs> yes, Same shit. Both, both Same shit. Um, you know, like my Walmart has has had two series S consoles for the longest time. And every so often the Xbox series X comes in stock and then it's gone usually within the week. They've had a uh, PlayStation five. I think they've had two of the PS five bundles on there uh, or like the disc based version. And then one or two of the, the digital only ones. And they've been there f- consistently like for the last month or so. Right. So like they're, they're not selling. Maybe maybe people are looking for the price drop. And I think that's what people are expecting that there's going to be a price drop, but there's not. You know what they're going to there there might be a price price drop uh a little bit on the older model because they're going to try and clear that out to make space for uh, the slim model. But here's the thing though, it's like the slim model, people don't realize like it's 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 actually going to cost you more in the long run. So if you buy the, say you're trying to save some money and you buy the digital edition. Okay, so that's 450 US dollars. Well, mm-hmm. it comes with a, uh, 
a horizontal stand so you can lie it down. But what if you want to uh, have it vertically, right? Like some people like to display that. Well, that's going to be another 30 US dollars for a vertical stand. So if you look at the uh, stand that comes with the current PS5, it it's dual use. You can have it so that it's vertical or horizontal. Okay, cool. Yeah. So there, right there, your your four hundred fifty US dollar uh, PS five is now a little bit closer to the disc based version. If you want it on on its side, now if you want to buy the uh, disc, uh, like the Blu ray drive attachment, that's going to be like another like seventy bucks or something like that. I forget what the price was. Um, like it's, it's you just buy the whole thing. Yeah. Now or here's the thing though. Why I use one. <laughs> this is where they're really going to nickel and dime everyone. Uh, a variety of PS5 console cover colors for the new model will be available starting early 2024, including an all matte black colorway and the Deep Earth collection colors in volcanic red, cobalt blue, sterling silver. Sean, if you had to guess, or if if you had to tell me, how much would you be willing to pay? for uh, a different colored cover for your PlayStation console. What would that be? Zero dollars, because if I didn't buy the console... Oh my god, okay. Like we're no, 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 no. I'm giving you a hypothetical answer. <laughs> It'd be zero dollars because I like my consoles the way I purchased them. If I, if I buy a special skinned one, which I don't ever buy for a reason... That's what I would do. The only one that's tempted me recently is the Spider-Man one, but I don't need two PlayStation 5s. Yes, okay. But here's the thing. What's your favorite color? I like blue and I like orange. Okay, so they come out with... And purple. Uh, the the base PS5 in white. And you're just like, okay, whatever. It's white. It's fine. It looks fine. But then they come out with a orange faceplate. And you're like, man, you know what? That would look super cool. Unique, different... How much would you would you be willing to pay for a faceplate for for your PS5? If say you're like I I need this, I want orange. Thirty nine ninety nine. Canadian. Canadian. Okay, so we're looking at about uh, you know twenty five bucks US. Yeah. These faceplates seventy nine ninety nine will start at fifty four ninety nine US dollars. Shocking, shocking. So and like right some of there, the faceplates are cool. Yeah, but they're like the colors, like they're just they're okay, like whatever. But yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like people, sure, like it it should be actually borderline criminal to <laughs> to sell things like those accessories. But that's where they're going to make money, right? They're going to get people are going to want, I in order to put their uh, PlayStation Five, you know put it up vertically they're going to pay another 30 bucks for it now here's the thing though this is what i love about the third party or like aftermarket manufacturers is because they're going to be you're going to be able to find something that does the exact same thing for a fraction of the price right so anyways that was that um what else you wanted to talk about spider-man no well yeah Okay, hold on. I was going to talk about two different things in there, but yeah, you, you, you blew my segue that I had. Um, IGN dropped its rating for Spider-Man. Have you seen it yet? Uh, I'm just looking at it. Scroll and I'm, down. I'm shook. I'm actually shocked. So is Game of the Year going to be Breath of the Wild or uh, Tears of the Kingdom? Because IGN, the knower of all things PlayStation the paid off review company that is clearly in Sony's back pocket gave Spider-Man two an eight. And you know what? They said an eight for Starfield was trash. Mm-hmm. They did give Starfield an eight, right? I didn't imagine that. They did. Yes. Now I'm curious, like this, the guy that reviewed this, he tends to review a, a lot of, uh, Sony stuff. So let's see. Oh, no, Starfield of... got a seven from IGN. So it's still it's still one. How is but I'm looking at IGN here and it's still saying it's saying eight. I don't know. I just looked. Um all, all I can tell you is straight up 
I knew this was going to be a problem coming into Spider-Man. I still will buy the game because I want to have all three of them. But you can't do anything to the map of New York. You can make it a little bit more complex. Mm-hmm. You can make some buildings have more detail. You can add an island. You can maybe add Staten Island or go into New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But what can you add? I think the only thing that you could do differently would be opening up uh, building exploration. Yeah. And maybe like the subway, like make it seamless. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Explore underground and stuff like that. Like I was playing Miles Morales the other night and I I, like stopped at the Daily Bugle and I forgot you couldn't really like look in the windows or anything. Avengers Tower doesn't look kind of like the movies, but it'd be cool to like just go into the tower, even if there's nobody there, just to like hang out. Yeah. What was what was IGN's review uh, score for Starfield? Seven. Really? So it still beat it by one. But if you look at Metacritic, the game's sitting at a 91, which is a little bit more fan heavy, which is also not surprising. But I'm interested to see what happens. And unfortunately, it's probably going to when Spider-Man 2 uh, inevitably ends up on Steam. Unfortunately, this game is going to get like a five. Because actually, maybe not. Xbox fans aren't nearly as petty as Sony fans. No. Screen Rant gave it a hundred. I don't. VG twenty four seven gave it a hundred. I want to see where the nineties are. NPR gave it a ninety seven. There's not a lot of like huge, huge players in this game. Yeah, like nothing. Nothing. Comicbook.com, 90. Extensive right now. Uh, but I mean, the review embargo just released not too long ago, right? So Reviews went live, yeah. That's why we're just starting to see a lot of this stuff. Um, and you know what? Like, I think uh, people hold the weight of, say, I- IGM and uh, GameSpot, their reviews, a little bit more, uh, I don't know, close to their hearts um, than other, other stuff. Like there's a ton of like, if you look at the reviews right now, as of recording, there's 119 reviews or critic reviews posted or sorry, 125. Um, and it's, they're, they're all going to be, I mean, obviously these companies that are doing these reviews have had a, uh, had a uh, a history enough to be able to get these like review copies or early copies of these games. We didn't right? even get approved for a game. Um, so like obviously like there is some weight to these, but most people like really historically speaking, it's been IGN and Games Gamespot that people look for like their gaming news and stuff like that, right? Like before it was magazines, right? And <laughs> since those are no longer a thing anymore it's, it's pretty typical so i'm very curious as to uh, i haven't really perused any of the uh the the web forums and, and reddit threads about this but uh i'm very curious to see uh what if any of the and fallout's not even the right word because we had a lot of like you said we had a lot of sony fanboys like just bashing and review bombing starfield just because they weren't getting it um but again like xbox j- players generally don't go as hard in regards to try and trash uh you know other games on opposite systems do you think this one could be the exception to the rule though it, and that's the thing that's what i'm curious about because sony fans went so hard on starfield i feel like it could go the same way uh you know a, an eye for an eye or a web sling for a don't, star, don't, don't star do field stardust <laughs> oh my god ah <laughs> uh, well anyways i don't think xbox fans have that much to worry about right now because they're on top of the fucking moon they did it it's over we never have to talk about the acquisition of activision ever again because now we're gonna have to talk about who's buying ea or who's buying this and who's buying that because microsoft now owns some of your most favorite franchises, which include, but not limited to, Banjo-Kazooie, which is awesome. 
Battletoads, Conquer, Cameo, Killer Instinct, Connect Sports, Perfect Dark, Sea of Thieves, Viva Pinata, Hellblades. I mean, some of those were. These are some of theirs are actually theirs. Um, Call of Duty. So this, this is where it's going to hurt. I read the wrong list. Yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty. That's a big one. Overwatch. That's a big one. Diablo. Now it's theirs. Warcraft. Now it's theirs. Starcraft. Now it's theirs. Guitar Hero. Coming out with a new game that they just teased the day before the acquisition was completed. Jeez, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. (laughs) Crash Bandicoot. Spyro. Sorry, Sony fans. Those ones are no longer going to be on your console. They already said that. Skylanders. Pass. Tony Hawk. Pass. Hearthstone and Candy Crush. Those things are going to print Microsoft so much money that they've probably already made them a million dollars. In a week. Candy Crush Mm. makes so much money. So does Hearthstone. We're still playing it too. Man, Hearthstone is crazy. Card packs alone. Shit. How do you feel knowing that we don't have to focus on this anymore, but also we're in for like probably one of the biggest like collaborations of all time. And this is after Microsoft bought Mojang and Microsoft bought Bethesda. Well, and like even, yeah, it's like, uh, it's strange because while Mojang was a was a big company, they really only made one thing. And it's the biggest franchise in the world now. Really? Minecraft is? Yeah, it just surpassed 300 million sales. Oh, really? Right, but they only created one game. So that's it. Okay, cool. Big purchase for Microsoft, but they got Minecraft. When they bought Bethesda. Okay. Well, or or Zenimax Studios. They made a lot of games, but if you look at the Bethesda games, they were all the same formula. They were all first-person RPGs, right? Yeah. Um, some of their, their other studios had created other types of games, but for the most part, they were playing the same formula. With Activision Blizzard, not only did they get essentially two separate companies that had that merged into one, right? Yep. They have now acquired a multitude of different game franchises and different game genres. They have, you got your RPGs, you got your first person shooters, you have your mobile games, you have um, your hack and slash RPGs. You have your adventure games. Uh, you're now they have s- some sports games, and then they have music games as well. Yeah, it's true. Like they've got everything under their umbrella, and I could see. I could honestly see. So, uh, like Sean said, like they teased uh, another Guitar Hero game, and let me tell you, I'm going to be buying. A brand new. <laughs> I'm gonna be getting guitar, a guitar hero everything. guitar. If it comes with drums, fuck yeah, bud. I'm getting the drum set. Like we updated are doing... for flat screen TVs. That, oh or not my even god, flat, like LED TVs. Yeah, I am gonna go all out on Guitar Hero if it means that I can, you know, bring back like playing Guitar Hero and playing Rock Band were some of the f- most fun. Core I think. memories unlocked. Do you remember yeah. my basement in London? How many times people would just come over and play rock band all night? Yeah. You know, I remember going to uh, my friend's place after work and we would just literally play rock band all night. We would eat a shit ton of Taco Bell and <laughs> and play rock band. But it's just, you know, Microsoft as much. As, OK, as much as Sony was trying to prevent the sale of this, I don't think that they had enough uh, weight and not enough pull in order to justify um, the purchase of this from not happening. I think every single time that they tried to say, oh, Microsoft is going to do this, Microsoft went and said, oh, no, we're going to do the complete opposite of that. And it's worked out in Microsoft's favor. Now, with this all being said, this is a good thing. I think uh, it means that, okay, it is a good and bad thing. It's never a good thing for one company to own everything. You know what I mean? Like it, That's where problems can happen now if it were to if i were to choose between microsoft or sony to own you know activision blizzard uh guaranteed uh, hands down 
Microsoft all the way, just because of the way that their gaming division has changed. Um, they are trying to be more accessible to people, right? 1000%. Uh, in comparison to Sony, if Sony were to have it guaranteed, all that stuff would be uh, locked to their, their console only. So <clears throat> Phil Spencer said uh, the other day, uh, he confirms that there will be 100% parity on content for all Call of Duty on all platforms. We have no goal of somehow using Call of Duty to get people to buy an Xbox console. Confirms there won't be a platform exclusive beta anymore for Call of Duty. And that's from Charlie Intel, the biggest one in the game. That's great. Platform uh, platform exclusive betas is kind of ridiculous. Um, now, here's the thing, though, is, is I would not be surprised if we see a price increase for Game Pass in the next six months. Sell a year or sell a six month pass. Let's get there first. <laughs> like I, I hate this fucking three month Game Pass Ultimate bullshit. That's yeah, fifty dollars a time, man. Just and, give us a discount. And that's the thing. like if they were to, if they were to increase the price, but give you say a ten percent discount or something like that if you subscribe at twelve, twelve months at a time, and and have like reoccurring billing done or something like that. I mean, like that is all a completely viable option and people would go for that. Uh, but I think at the current price right now for what they are, uh, what they've acquired and what they are going to be providing or games that they're going to be adding to Game Pass, I don't think the current pricing scheme is going to uh, be have a long-term feasibility for Microsoft. I'm going to respectfully disagree for one reason and one reason only. Just like a month-to-month warranty or just like to a month-to-month service, people will attach their credit cards to accounts. And $16.99 a month, bang. $16.99 a month, bang. $16.99 a month, bang. It just it happens so quick you don't even see it coming, right? When it comes to Xbox you have a three month pass, which we've already discussed, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing bigger. There's no reason that for them to change it for two reasons. One, they have their market. Their market is not going to change. More and more people are going to join game pass when more of these games are available, but game pass is also not for everybody. It's has it has about a 70. I think it's like 72 or 73% user base for the entire console use right mm-hmm. so if are if they're going to try and get that 25 percent over to game pass you can't jack up the price because you jack up the price at 72 percent might drop to 68 percent you well, might go I'm up saying. to 74 if they increase the price but then add uh even like a six month like a six month and a 12 month recurring uh or, or, or discount, right? Like, so if the price is going up, but if you subscribe for six months at a time, uh, you'll get a 10% discount. If you subscribe at 12 per months at a time, you'll get a, I don't know, 15% discount. Yes. They're going to increase the price so that it's profitable, even with those discounts, but they're going to convince, like they're going to lock people in for that amount of time. Right? Fucking lock me in. Give me a contract. I'm for it. Yeah. Now look at what Sony did. Like Sony recently increased the price of PlayStation Plus, right? For, yep. And to I'm going to have two more months of it. And then I'm yeah. just going to never play it online. Ever. 30 bucks, uh, an extra 30 bucks a month for, for stuff. And their library is not nearly as impressive. Um, and, and, and essentially like even based off of like, if we go based off of, you know, day one releases, you know, uh, just for the price difference, game Pass is totally, the better option. Uh, and I think in the last, I want to say year, people have become more conscious of their monthly f- fees yeah. for services. Right. Um, especially with the recent, you know, password sharing crackdown uh, from Netflix and all of the price increases on stuff, uh, changing uh subscription fees for say ad t 
tiers and add free tiers for subscribing stuff. A lot of people are unsubscribing from a lot of uh, subscription services. And I don't think Game Pass or PlayStation Plus is immune to that. If they increase the price to a point where someone is saying, I'm not getting the value for this, then people are going to cancel. And all you have to do, all they have to do is increase the price and and someone feels enough uh, outrage at that point for them to go to their account and cancel their subscription because there's, they've already paid for, say, the three months. But at that moment, they were angry enough to go in and hit the cancel button. So they still have service for the next, say, two months, but they're not going to automatically renew. I don't, yeah. Until there is some sort of promo. And so that's what I'm saying is Microsoft is going to eventually have to increase the, the, the price of Game Pass. If they want to keep adding features and adding support and adding more games and purchasing developers, they're going to need to have some sort of uh, additional revenue, additional income, right? What's your and prediction? When? My guess is that they will, uh, if they are announcing or if they are going to do a price increase, it will be in Q1 of next year. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, which is probably risky, but I'm going to say 2025. I think they've done enough good and bad will over the last year where if they jack up the price a second time within 12 months, it's probably not going to be the most um, lucrative idea for themselves. But I was, I was trying to think about this in my head. I'll use a game like NHL or Madden, right? Mm -hmm. They need, they require online components to play the game against your friends, right? Mm -hmm. So you need live or you need, or well, you need game pass now, or you need PlayStation plus even if you want to download the cards or play hut or Madden ultimate team, that kind of stuff. Cause you need an internet connection, mm -hmm. but you can't play with your friends without the service now. So I think they've got you regardless. I can honestly tell you digital, not digital PlayStation, Xbox, whatever. I've had my PlayStation two for two or PlayStation five for two years. Right. Or is it three, mm -hmm. two? I don't know uh, what two. it's, I don't know what it's like to not have Game Pass or PlayStation Plus. I don't know what it's like to have a library of games just available to me because when I got it, somebody gave me a gift card. I was able to buy it right away. It was like $100 for the year. That was great. Then I canceled it and got it for $100 for the year again. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I don't know what that's like. Game Pass? Microsoft kind of pushed you into a spot where it was like Game Pass is going to give you some more free stuff. I play six games on my Xbox. I'll play a new game that comes out, beat the shit out of it, and then I'll go back to playing Call of Duty with my friends because that's what I like doing in my spare time. I like mm -hmm. just playing Call of Duty. That's fine. That's not on Game Pass, but I need Game Pass to play it. I can get the lower version. I don't have to get Ultimate, but also having Ultimate lets me play games on my PC that I would never purchase on Steam. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's such a it's a it's an ordeal. Yeah. And the thing is, is like because they designed it or they they changed. Um, they got rid of Xbox Live Gold and and made it part of Game Pass and like in the base tier. I mean, y you're still paying for Xbox Game Pass, but you're you're just getting it for Xbox Live Gold, essentially. But you're paying slightly more. But it's that, you know, here's a little sample. Right. Mm, a little you, taste. You buy the base game pass. So, yeah, sure. You can play Xbox games online, but here's a little sample of a game library. But. Oh, you see what the person beside you is playing? They're playing that brand new game that just came out. And f if you change your subscription fee or you change your subscription tier, you can be playing that game, too, right now. Right. And oh, you play games on your computer. Well, guess what? You can play all these games on your computer as well. Not only that, you can play games that are only made for PC on your computer. So I think Microsoft has, they have they have it figured out. Sony, not so much. But uh, I think, honestly, I think early next year, we're going to see a price increase. Uh, Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Now, 
uh, just before we go, the one thing that I don't think they're good, like Phil Spencer can control is, you know, how they said they don't, they won't have exclusive skins. What uh, is yeah. the one unique thing about game pass that to my knowledge, PlayStation has tried and it's kind of failed. But what is that one unique thing about game pass that like is in front of you every t- single time you play a game? Uh, my TV. Are you talking about perks? Yes. I'm talking about the, you logged in and you played a game pass game. Here's five or 50 points. Here's these points. Here's oh, these points. But that's different though, because you can use but, that for real world stuff. Yes. Yes, you can. But also with game pass, you get free skins for shit. Yeah. Yeah. But are you I, telling me that there isn't going to be an Xbox fucking army suit for call of duty or like uh, a master's uh, a master chief skin. Oh, it's not really Xbox exclusive. Come on, Phil. It's a 10 year agreement where you're going to make sure that the game's there and there's no like exclusive time windows. Come on, Phil. Uh, you're I mean, not now. It's it's what are they going to do? Get sued? No, come on, Phil. Come on, Phil. <laughs> I mean, you you know it, I know it. We both know it. It's Sony, going to happen. Here's the thing. Sony has uh their PlayStation exclusive skins and stuff like that. Like PlayStation Plus. Um exclusive stuff. So if you subscribe to it, you can, like I got one for Call of Duty and it was like some skin pack and emblem and all that stuff. So guaranteed, you know, Microsoft's going to have that, but it's not, it's not exclusive in the sense that because, because the games are cross platform now, right? You can technically get it. And if it's unlocked, you can play it on the PlayStation. So really all it's saying is that if you, if you get something like that and vice versa, you need access to, that other system and you can still get it. And so it's exclusive to the system, but it's not at the same time because the game is multi-platform and you can cross platform. I guess I just, I can't wait for the first exclusive to be like, yeah, it only took you six months. Phil, you fucking liar. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be great. Premiere. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, that's the other thing too. Call of Duty's trailer, Xbox Showcase. The Xbox Showcase is going to be much watched, must watch TV. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you, like, I know David and I had this conversation um, just kind of like back and forth, but like, if there's an E3 this year and Microsoft goes, you bet your ass David and I are trying to go this year because it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we were discussing the other day, like we, we need to, uh, at least with, especially with how E3 has been kind of declining, we need to make sure that if there is one, we go to it just so that we can. And, uh, I don't know, that'd be a cool road trip. Yeah. Oh dude, I would definitely drive down, like take a week, make it a whole big thing. I think that'd be so much fun. Yeah. You hear that? E3 presenters. (laughs) Bring out Sean creators. and David from the Seed Scene on Screen podcast. We will yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah. All, almost oh. everything. Almost everything. Yeah, we have <laughs> limits. We yeah. have respect. <laughs> but that is it for this one. If you like what you're hearing, obviously subscribe. We would love to hear from you. Um, thank you all so much for listening. For myself. Wow, wow, is very nice. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now. We want to thank you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.